Welcome, welcome, welcome to Think Right, Talk Right, a father-daughter dialogue with uh, communication and mental health. Uh, to, uh, today's subject or topic, we're going to deal with conflict. Uh, my name is Lee Muhammad. I'm a mental health strategist. Uh, we'll be introducing some different strategies on uh, to employ during conflict and working with my lovely daughter, Akila Sai, the communication strategist. Please introduce yourself, Akila. Yes, I am Akila Sai, the communication strategist. I help people improve their communication by teaching them how to use their emotions to strengthen their relationships rather than to damage them, how to say what you really mean, and how to decipher what it is you hear. I'm also the founder of ASCA, which is the Akila Sai Communication Academy, where we teach a solution-centered approach to better communication. And solution center just simply means the reason for your talking, your purpose, your motivation is what will guide your words and your word choices. So. And that's wonderful because that's going to a wonderful lead into our, our, our uh, subject matter today, which is conflict, because uh, we have to have, you know, conflict. We believe that conflict is a natural, normal phenomenon that takes place in the human uh, dynamic, uh, no yeah. matter uh, no matter what the how good the intentions are or the spirit of willingness, conflict will arise. And if conflict does not arise, uh, somebody's not being honest. <laughs> we, we, we always say that. So uh, I think it would be good if we could start off. Uh, so what is conflict? Let's let's identify what what is conflict. What is conflict? Uh, one of my favorite definitions for conflict is just simply um, a disagreement. And it just means that two people have different ideas or different opinions, and they're not really sure if both of those ideas or both of those um, truths can exist together. So they usually think, OK, well, one of these things must not be true. What I mean by that is, um, let's say I believe that the earth is round and you believe that the earth is flat. Well, both of those things can't be true. So now we're in some type of conflict over that. That's a big thing, right? And that's one of the ones where, yes, one of you must be true and one of you must be false. But there's also smaller examples that you can think of where it's like, okay, well, we're just in conflict because um, I may think that um, I may think that carrots are really sweet, and you may feel like oh, carrots are not so sweet. So it, it doesn't always have to be. Um, I feel like I am not. That's not a good example. So I'd like I, to I think that, I think that's a perfect example because you're okay, right. So now what we're having right now is conflict. Great example, conflict. <laughs> you have one opinion, I have another opinion. So how do we decide to go forward? Now, one person usually has to say, and really both parties should do this, but usually what happens if we are to go forward in peace, right? Then what has to happen is somebody has to say, okay, well, he sees it like that and I see it like this. Maybe just maybe I should take another look at it. <laughs> because there may be something that he's noticing that I'm overlooking or that I'm unaware of. So right. what we just did right there <laughs> very naturally was an example of you have conflicting ideas, you have conflicting opinions. And then, he, you know, after taking a second look, okay, well, I'll go with it. I'll compromise or I will see the truth in what he's saying and we can continue to go forward in peace. So that nope. from a communication standpoint is what comes to mind. Um, and, I, and actually, that's, that's actually beautiful. And I think what it would be good for us to do is maybe if to unpack that or parse of that that dynamic of what just happened. But uh, okay. I want to I want to just add this uh, additional uh, 
definition for uh, conflict, which would be uh, something that's contradictory. Okay. I wanted to put that definition in there specifically because uh, from a mental health standpoint, uh, we're interested in shifting paradigms, changing your perspective, changing your how you look at a thing, how you're how you perceiving what it is you're looking at. So if you notice, there's a there's a model that's uh, in academia, actually, uh, when you're doing your thesis or doctoral thesis or working on any paper. Uh, here's a formula that people use. They take thesis, antithesis, and then produce synthesis. So you okay. have a thesis, which is my premise and my thought is this. But then you take an antithesis. You take the opposite, something that apparently contradicts or something that's uh, in addition that looks contradictory on the surface. You find a way to bring the two together to produce synthesis. Synthesis takes it to another level uh, that, it, that takes both seemingly contrary ideas and it merges the two and shows how they are in fact compatible. They can fit together and they will take you to a yet another level of understanding. So that's mm. thesis, antithesis, and synthesis. So that's how we look at conflict because okay. there's one person that has one position and then you have another person has another position. So what we're looking for is synthesis. How do you merge the two? How do you bridge the gap between the two? Uh, and it only seems that it's contrary or contradictory, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it is. Like you said earlier, you just, if you take an additional look at it, take some additional looks at it, and then you might see what you didn't see before that made it appear contradictory. But then when you look at it in a different light, you see compatibility. And so there's uh, in what I call the lost art of compromise that people okay. seem to be getting away from. People seem to be getting away from the ability to compromise, which is to, uh, to look at what you are looking at from your vantage point, but to consider some additional information that will help to shift what it is you're looking at. And I think people are not into compromise. They're into, you know, my way or the highway. You know, if you can't see it my way, then, oh, we can't agree, you know. But yeah. no, if you learn the art of compromise and learn the art of active listening and effective listening, then uh, again, I heard something, oh my God. And I'm open. I realized I didn't realize I wasn't looking at that. And that wasn't included in what I was trying to communicate. But now that I see what you're saying, that changes things. And so if you notice, it will diminish or reduce or eliminate the conflict. I think that's important. And I also think one um, thing that I want to highlight is so many times we magnify differences, right? We're always more focused about, well, what's different between these two things as opposed yeah. to well, what's similar about these two things. And when you yeah. approach um, concepts, ideas, thoughts, emotions, experiences with the approach of, let me try to see how similar these things actually are, as opposed mm -hmm. to, I know this can't be like this. <laughs> then you actually like, you know, you facilitate the resolution right. of conflict because the reality yeah. of it is, like you said, on a very surface level, yeah, things do look different. Everything is different from everything, but on a yeah. real base foundational root level, 
things are a lot more similar and a lot more have a lot more commonality than yeah. we tend to see. So we have to begin to, like you said, take that, you take that first look, but okay, well, let me look under this, you know, like say, for example, and what we just experienced, it's like, okay, well, I don't want to come off sounding like a bumbling fool. I'm supposed to be, you know, the communication strategist. I don't feel like I'm effectively communicating. I don't feel like I'm communicating in a way that's smooth and that flows and is at a high level. However, if I look at this another time, I see that, wow, communication sometimes goes like that. It can be awkward. It can appear to be a little rough, you know, but you, how do you manage? And that's the whole point of what I try to do is to teach people, listen, it's not always going to be perfect. It's not always necessarily going to be fluid, but you stick with it. You be flexible about getting your delivery across. And if you do that, then anything that starts out a little rough, we can polish, you know, right. but you won't have the right intent. You want to have the right motivation behind why you're talking and that can kind of carry over um into your delivery so so in communicating with when in us communicating not just me and you and us people human beings communicating um there are, are certain attitudes and dispositions that a person yes. can take that sets them in a conflictual posture Give an example. We have something that we call the last word syndrome. Okay. You know, uh, I said it. So once I said it, there's nothing else that can become after what I said because I have the last word on it. And what I say, go. Mm. I, I, you, now you already see. Yeah, I, I see <laughs> already, you already see the, the ripe material there for conflict to take place because... Yeah. Um, in that is an attitude of dismissive. You're being dismissive of, of another person. You're not acknowledging another person. Uh, you're trying to say that you have all the answers. And so right. you have an attitude that uh, is not compatible or conducive for uh, harmoniously interacting with other people. You have right. an attitude that facilitates this solo behavior that a person with the last word syndrome has the final say in the matter. And if you think about it, yeah, you have the final say in what you say for you, but you don't get the final say for somebody else, except you're a parent or a person in authority uh, over another person. And if that's the case, then, you know, dynamics. And and that, you have to yeah. have care. You know what I'm yeah. saying? There's, when you said that yeah. solo thing, that, that brought something to mind for me, is something I like to call, I heard this somewhere, I believe, um, a pathological individualism. And I know okay. that sounds like, I like a lot that. of work. I like that. I like that. Sick, I get mine, you get yours. And when I'm telling you that is so detrimental to mental health because we belong to a community and everybody needs to feel like they are a part of a community. And it's mm -hmm. very detrimental to communication because communication is the exchange of ideas and information okay. and experiences and thoughts and concepts and all of that. And when you have a very solo, uh, uh, when you have a, an individualism that has become pathological, then you have to understand that you are going to be in constant conflict. And right. you don't even, it, it, the, the worst part about it for me is you lose the desire. You don't desire to be better. So yeah. It, yeah. it's compounded with arrogance. And so, you know, like you said, when you were given some of the qualities um, a little bit earlier, listen, you can't think that you have all the answers. 
Right. That's just not, there are just, there's just too many ways to do the same thing. How many ways can we get to the number 10? I mean, just off the top of your head, you got a five and a five, a six and a four, a seven and a three, a one and a nine. I mean, and none of them are wrong. Now, one way may be more efficient based on the circumstances or based on, you know, some details. However, none of those answers are wrong. And we have to begin to be a little bit more flexible on how we get things done. And we have to be able to honor the differences that we have culturally. Like you said, I think you said this, um, I don't remember if this was before we started or if this was during, but you were talking about how we're in tribes and we're in families. So culturally, it may be more um, dominant in my culture that we do one plus nine. And in your Mm -hmm. culture and in your experience, it may be more dominant that you do five plus five. Well, neither one of us are wrong. You know, right. but we're too focused on the how more than the what, <laughs> then right. we, the, we we'll have conflict and we kind of miss the whole thing. And 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 what comes to mind, pathology. Pathology is the pathway or the process by which disease or death enters into the picture. So mm-hmm. a person who ha- has a, a pathological individualism. They're saying that their individualism is a problem. Yes. It's, a, it's a point of contention. And this is where conflict will, in fact, come because, you know, their the orientation of their thinking is, is kind of individualistic and it doesn't embrace the social component of the human being, which is, you know, that we are, in fact, social creatures. So thereby, uh, the art of compromise and learning to get together uh in what they call the give and the take you know right. but it's a selfish person who you know doesn't it, they're not interested in giving they only want to take right. they're not interested uh in uh uh giving as in yielding uh from their position meaning uh this is what i said this is what it is uh i, I how we in humor say uh that's my story and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> yeah. And one of the things yeah. that you said when you were talking about giving that, that came to mind for me is, you know, a lot of times, and this is one of my pet peeves personally, a lot of times people like to give to you the way they want to give and yeah. they don't consider how you like to receive. Okay. That's and a good point. it's nice to give. That's a good thing. Yeah. But you have to consider who I am and how I like to receive. And so you may have to make some adjustment in your giving if you're and this is where your your motivation for giving kind of gets challenged, because if you're not willing to be flexible and give in a way that I can receive it, then why are you giving me something? You know, so we have to be able to do that um, through communication and just just generally when we think that we're gifting something to someone that art of compromise. Part of the art of compromise to me is also compromising on your delivery. I Listen, I know I want to say it this way. I know I want to say pathological individualism. But if the person that I'm speaking to has a fifth grade education, then if I say that, I'm also going to have to define both of those terms. I may have to give an example. I may have to give an analogy. So when we're talking about communication, I really put a lot of emphasis and stress on the fact that, listen, you got to be flexible in your delivery. You can't just say what you want to say, how you want to say it, and then fault everybody else for not understanding you. Very, very, very well. And as you were talking, what came to mind is, you know, 
Now, we're having a father-daughter dialogue um, on communication and mental health around conflict. Okay. And um, what came to mind for me is that, well, you know, some of the things that I hear us saying, they are relevant or relative, it's relative to the relationship dynamic that you're having with the person. So okay. in other yeah. words, uh, in other words, uh, what we're saying is not something that you, it's not like a universal tool that you just take it and, and apply it to any and every situation uh, because you have interpersonal relationships or you have personal relationships. You have uh, uh, relationships, what we call associate level relationships where, yeah, I know the person's name. Um, I don't know much beyond that. And we have some sort of interaction. And so... Okay. So there's always kind of like a goal that's in mind uh, that's dictated by the degree or level of the relationship. If it's okay. just a casual somebody that you just whatever, then, you know, you may not be as committed to trying to modify some of the language that you have to reach the person. You know, uh, I said may. I said may. Yeah, because you know we I'm listening to you and what you're saying conflicts with what oh, I oh, think. Good. Well good. Well let well let's let's explore the con the conflict. Go, yeah. go. What what part so, conflict? Um, like you said, you may not want to change if I heard you correctly. I believe I heard you say if you know this person on an associate level, like this is not somebody that you're deeply invested in or you know very well, or one of those relationships that you're kind of born with, you didn't get yeah. to choose. Yeah. then you may not be interested in, you know, changing your delivery. However, yeah. um, that conflicts with what I believe personally, okay. because I just believe that we do too much of that. And I feel like that's easier for us to do. And we tend to cop out by saying, well, this, I don't really value this relationship that much, or I don't really, you know, I'm not that close to that person, so I'm not going to get that invested. And I think that we miss the opportunity to really connect with people mm -hmm. because we tend to say, oh, okay, well, I'm not going to, she, she, she going to be gone in a minute, or I don't care if she called me back or, you know what I'm saying? And I, I just feel like that's a little bit dismissive. And I think that it's not okay to um, not communicate clearly, or it's not okay to not consider your listener or your audience when you're talking based on your perceived value of them to your life. So for me, that is a rule. If I'm talking to you, and of course I'm, you know, I approach the situation with myself. So I start mm -hmm. wherever Aquila level is, but if yeah. I'm talking to you and I'm noticing, okay, she's not grasping this or he's not grasping this, or maybe they're not, they don't, I don't see the light coming on, the light of understanding coming on your forehead or coming on your countenance. Then it's like, okay, well, I'm going to make an adjustment because okay. my goal in every conversation is to communicate effectively. To, right, to communicate effectively, but for what though? Not just right, because okay, I right. towards what end? Smart, and that's great, you know, look at her. No, because I want us to begin to connect. I want us to begin to have deeper relationships one another with mm -hmm. one another. And I want us to stop passing by people and knowing about people, but not really understanding what motivates people and not really getting to know people. Because I believe okay. that everybody, you know, has some divinity in them. Oh, but we but miss most it. Definitely, most definitely. Yes. And 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 so in, in continuing in parsing this conflict, uh, conflictual little 
uh, dynamic uh, part here. Um, I think again, it's to what end? Because I'm what came to mind is some of our last week's couple of weeks ago segment about okay. uh, boundaries and balance. Yeah, because I am not. I, now this is me and my boundaries okay. and balance. I'm not trying to connect with everyone. I, I, okay. I just, you know. Uh, um, now is this? Are you saying I, this, I, I, this is somebody you have like history with, like they've purposely misunderstood you, or you just mean that it's a neutral situation, like the associate friend example? Well, I, I well, see again, it's again, it's what is the end goal? Uh, who who are you? Okay, and 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 and, and what are you trying to accomplish? Okay, okay. so. Like for example, I call I consider myself to be in the people business, okay, and and in the people business to be effective in the people business, you have to make meaningful substantive connections. Yes. So I'm clear on that. I'm I'm real clear on that. I also am clear that you know as we're talking, uh, you know this is not necessarily a universal tool that just fits arbitrarily any person you can make it fit that you know but when i start applying boundaries and balance in the picture then as i'm walking to the store and the person crossing the street in front of my car i'm not trying to make a connection with that person you know and they're saying something to me in my car because they interpreted a look that was on my face and they thought i was looking at them kind of sideways yeah, have you ever had that happen? People walk past and they, well, people misinterpret a look on your face and you're not, you don't even notice them because you're deep in thought. Okay. And they're looking at you like, man, what you, you know? And so all I'm trying to say is in the human interaction between people, <clears throat> there are multiple dynamics that are mm -hmm. at play. And so for me, it's important to know, well, what what is in fact the end game here? Who is this person I'm trying to talk to or connect with? To what degree am I trying to connect with them? Okay. And yes, when I'm really trying to make a connection with them, of course, we're going to use all kinds of tools that are in the toolbox uh, to effectively communicate so that the end result, which is a deeper sense of appreciation, a deeper sense of connectedness, a deeper bond of some kind can be experienced as a result of the interaction. But again, all interactions, in my opinion, they're not designed to do that. There's some people I want to get away from and I want them away from me, you know, and there are some people who come and engage me in conversations at the store or I'm out in the public uh, doing a public service. Uh, and there's there are different times, different things. So, you know, the the flexibility and the latitude is is uh, tremendous. And it's all it's moving so fast, so fast, so fast. And so, again, you have to kind of know who you're dealing with, what you and what's your goal now. You have a person that you're in a relationship with. Okay. And, there, and there's a conflict. Yes, you don't want to dismiss that person. Yes, you want to be able to look at what you're saying to them. And you see that, man, everything I'm saying is, phew, phew, they're missing it. I'm that, you know, I don't see the light. I like how you said it. I don't see the light of understanding being lit in their face or in their countenance. And that's a very 
that's that's everybody doesn't observe that by the way and that's a keen kind of mind you have that does see that and pick up on that and you're my daughter so i understand the fruit don't fall too far from the tree <laughs> so i understand that that you pick up that you're sensitive you're like me hypersensitive i mean we pick up on all the little nuances and all those things but the reality is that uh that sensitivity that we have that's part of what we have to protect and that's part of what con how conflict comes uh, up is because people don't understand what other people are doing sometimes. They don't realize that, listen, I'm, I need to protect myself uh, because what you're inviting me to, it might take me somewhere that I'm not necessarily willing to go. So then again, we start employing boundaries and putting balance in the picture. And we, so we, it, it, what does that look like? Uh, it looks like you just direct the conversation in a different direction away from something that you didn't want to go into. These are, it's, the dynamics are simple and it, all of these interactions are simple and it's all done through words. That's why we're looking at the communication strategies. How do you communicate, like you always said earlier, in the end game? Well, if the end game is to reduce the conflict, then I don't know that I should be cursing at you and using profanity and yelling and 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 allowing my passion to go unchecked because that seems like that will go be contradictory to what i my expressed end game is okay so you have people who love each other or they're in a relationship and the way that we talk to each other and deal with each other it is as though we're not mindful that there's another person with feelings there and you don't want to send that person all over the place on the uh, uh, an emotional roller coaster uh, through your words, uh, you know, because you really are not feeling appreciated or heard. Because You're you right. know, and that's that's kind of the basis of conflict. I, I didn't ask you to agree with me. I just wanted you to hear what I said. That's and I a think lot. A lot of people, um, I, I heard this also. Sometimes I hear some really great stuff. <laughs> but I heard someone say this is that you know when you have an issue with somebody. The way you present it can either um, support your case or it takes away from your case, right? So yeah, if you have yeah. an issue with something that I've done and you come come yeah. cussing me out about it, well, we're not even going to get to the content of what right. you're talking about. We got to right. deal with that delivery first. And right. a lot of times you kind of give up the quote unquote moral high ground, right? Mm -hmm. By the way that you decided to approach me about this subject or the what, what you decided to do as a result of what you felt was done to you. So I thought that was interesting. I just want to ask for a quick time check. I don't have the time. Yeah, I, I, I see the time and the time has okay. gone by because we have four minutes. My oh, goodness. Wow. Okay. I know. So, and so I was going to say, uh, what are some takeaways here for conflict yes. and communication and mental health strategies? You go so first. So two things that I want to give um, for how to manage conflict. Number one, keep calm. And what I mean by that is an, an, an attack on your idea is not an attack on your individual. Okay? What you believe and who you are, sometimes there can be a little bit of space between those things. If you notice that, you know, somebody doesn't like your idea, don't have all your self-worth and all your value wrapped up in that idea so that when someone disagrees with you, you've fallen out. So number one, keep calm, focus on the issue, not the individual. And then um, that's really my biggest thing. I, I mean, that's the biggest thing for conflict for me and communication is direct your anger, direct your passion, direct your upset, all of that to resolving the issue. 
the idea, the principle, because that's what it really boils down to. Because somebody who you really hate can tell you something really true. And somebody who you really love can tell you something really false. So don't get so caught up in the who, you know, deal more so with the what and direct any of your emotions um, to that what, not those who's. I think a good example of that, of uh, which I've always used, uh, I'm a man of scriptures uh, uh, to one degree or another. Uh, so I've always, uh, the, the story of Moses and Pharaoh has always okay. captured that dynamic very well for me because here was Moses. Uh, he had a message from the creator uh, and it was a life-saving message. And he was told to go to Pharaoh and give him that life-saving message. And yes. Pharaoh looked at Moses and thought Moses was beneath him. So he didn't have to listen to him in Mo in Pharaoh's mind. And he, right. ah, away with you. Ah, who, I know of no other God other than me. Who are you talking about? A God told you to tell me this? And he dismissed him. And because he thought that he was beneath him. And right. as a result, so it always highlights that someone or something that you think is beneath you, it can have great life-saving value for you. And so the goal is for you to humble yourself. And my takeaway from conflict would be uh, that, listen, conflict is natural. It's a yes. normal phenomenon. And conflict is not bad or good. It's actually neutral. Yeah. It's what we do with conflict and how we approach it and how we handle it that determines if it becomes a good thing or a bad thing. We use conflict as an opportunity and conflict as a resource because when the conflict is present, think about it. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to gain an understanding that you did not have prior to and to learn some things. So conflict can be a beautiful thing if managed correctly. Yes. And that's what we want to do. And that's what we do in mental health. It's just managing your emotions, managing yourself. You know, if you can discipline that tongue, you see, discipline that tongue. You may can't discipline, discipline the racing thoughts that's in your mind, but you certainly can discipline what comes out of it by right. checking your tongue. So uh, I think those would be some good takeaways. Conflict doesn't mean it's uh, the end of the world. Conflict is a wonderful foundation for a new reality, reality to be established. Remember, thesis, antithesis, synthesis. So there's a, something that says this, something that says it's contrary or contradictory, and you find a way of bridging the two together. You come to synthesis, takes you to yet another level. Yes. That concludes our show for today. Uh, my name is Lee Muhammad. And uh, if anybody have any questions or comments or anybody want to reach out to me for any reason whatsoever, you can reach me at my email address, which will be LMMCCC, the number one, the number nine, at gmail.com. So that's LMMCCC19 at gmail.com. Akila, take it away. Yes. And if you have um, any suggestions for a topic that you would like to hear discussed, or if you would like to talk to me about communication, then you can reach me at info at akilasai.com. That is info at A-K-I-L-A-H-S-A-I.com. Or you can uh, DM me on Instagram or inbox me on Facebook. All right. Well, that concludes another weekly broadcast of the Father-Daughter Dialogue 
between communication and mental health. We're just trying to make a difference in our individual lives and in the lives of anybody who would be impacted by what we are doing. Thank you all and God be willing again next week. Take care. Peace. Peace be unto you.